Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Hey folks, CJ Grimm here from Poking Dead Things. It's a hard job doing what we do, and it can get kind of gross. We know that you work hard too, so I'm here to tell you that at the end of a hard day, nothing beats a hot bath and a cold beer. So treat yourself right and head to Twisted Willow Soap Company and indulge in a bath bomb with your favorite six-pack. Remember, the only girly thing about a bath bomb are the sounds you're going to make in excitement. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Body. Mind. Soul. Welcome to Hats, the 70th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. No opening today because we're joined by Amabaran and I couldn't find a good one. You may call me Ode. <laughs> you can call me Carr. I am Ode's father. Mary Mead. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And with us is... Amabaran. There we go. God damn it. Sorry, I couldn't resist. That's and just so you know, we're an explicit podcast, uh-huh. so whatever the fuck you want. Oh, good. That's um, yes, actually please, not <laughs> Yes, please. Don't, feel free to mm-hmm. just use whatever language feels First things first. <laughs> yes. Housekeeping. We do have a couple of new patrons. We have, since our last episode, which was December 1st-ish, right? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I know last it's week. weekly now. We do them weekly. Every week. God bless. It doesn't feel like it, but we do. Yukora Lunara. Spectacular. Is a new, yeah. Timothy, Paul Schneider, both of those are new hunters. Two Two. new kittens. Yay, we love our kittens, and thank you, hunters. We appreciate your patronage, and of course, we love all of our patrons. Yes. And I think the last piece of housekeeping is that the signups for the Yuling are done. Everyone has received their partners. If you have not received your partner yet, email me at ode at threepagginsandacat.com so that you can get that email resent to you in case it went into your spam or something. And remember that your gifts must be sent to your partner by by December 15th, they must be in the mail. If you are not going to be able to fulfill that obligation, again, email me at ode at threepickinsandcat.com so that alternative arrangements can be made for your partner. That's the number three. <laughs> That's the number three, pagansandacat.com, right? Was I going fast? You were oh, going yeah, you super were super fast. You were like, <laughs> Okay, well, here we are. Um, and- also know that I listed a thing on the group on Facebook of other potential options that people wanted to hear us talk about. And we're currently looking at about 10 different options that people have put on there. Okay. Besides, so seven plus the three I put. And so feel free to add more. You can add your own option. Yeah, we're looking for more episodes. More episodes. More content, content, content ideas. Yep. So I also want to point out a couple of things. One, we will not be recording on December 21st. Because that's you. That's yep. Yule, and we want to take that time to celebrate to with our family things. and for you to celebrate with your family. So we will not be recording on December 21st, which is a Saturday. Yep. yep. Uh, the other thing is the 28th of the month is our second anniversary, oh, that's and right. we're doing drunk divination. Drunk divination that time. And mm. we're hoping to have Jackie yes. here. Jackie Mercer. Mercer yes. to do bone readings. And then one last thing. We were guests on another podcast oh, earlier we were. this yeah. Week and yes. that is going to be airing on the sixteenth. Yep, and that is Fountain Street Church's podcast, mm-hmm. which we were on a church podcast. Go figure that cool about church. the yes, it's a, a very, very cool, cool church. church. They actually host Communitas Paganis mm-hmm. in their building. So the Fountain Street Church podcast is going to be on their website yep. or wherever you find your podcast, and it's about Christmas and, and, and how Yule traditions. Yule traditions flowed into Christmas traditions. That's right. Yep. 
And we'll I talk make, at length about Saturnalia. Yeah. So at we'll, length. At length. So we'll make sure everybody gets a, a link to that. Yes, podcast. we'll post it on yeah. all of our Facebook. All right. That's Twitter all the housekeeping. Now let's right, let Amabaran talk. All right, fine. Denise. So, Mr. Amabaran, please tell us about half. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first, th- thanks for having me on. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't include some things in my notes. If I stack in too far off topic, throw, throw a pen at me or something. Okay. Yeah. I do have a pen handy. right here. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> it's true. So, first, hats is a spiritual thing. You might see a lot of practitioners often will wear a head covering or a hat. Depending on your tradition, there are different reasons for that, but most often it is used as a symbol for spirits and gods that you have a strong connection with of do not disturb. I mean, let's face it, the gods are going to go, yeah, I'm coming in anyway, it's a hat, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) It is often used as a, I'm working, now is not the time for possession work, now is not the time to dump something into my head. So you often see it in like in the half a dozen traditions at the top of my head where at a certain point in your practice you wear a hat or you know a kerchief or something over your head. But that's not what I'm talking about at all today. That's just an interesting <laughs> side. <laughs> so hats is a shorthand term that started very local in my community and has very slowly as I've rambled more and more about it at people been picked up and spread out further and it's something that I think is really important. So where the hat idea came from, the accent may give it away for folks not a Native American or even a Native US citizen. I am a foreign person. Arrived here about six years ago. I spent the first 12 months doing pretty much nothing but trying to make peace with the land spirits and the native spirits in the area of a, hi, yes, I came from somewhere else. No, I'm not going to start practicing right here because that would be kind of rude. How can I do that to not upset you? But after that time, I started uh, very reluctantly teaching and I had someone who was coming along to our rituals and mostly so they could reconnect with their own practice. They weren't actually interested in our tradition at the time. Their partner was interested, so they were sitting in on the outer court lessons, uh, the, the lessons that are suitable for those who haven't taken any oaths, who aren't initiated. It's a good way to get to know the tradition before you sign on the dotted line. And our tradition... Our tradition is old, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing. certain point, you have to take things on faith. I can verify personally that in six generations, our rituals have not changed. The things that I'm teaching my students are what my teacher taught me. I've met their teacher. I met their teacher's teacher. I corresponded with their teacher's teacher's teacher. There's a lineage. There's a lineage. Right. Things haven't really changed. But a lot of what we do is parallel, but very different to what's done by what we call Wiccan-inspired neo-paganism. Here in America, I think you just call it Wicca, but <laughs> I'm nothing if not pedantic and precise. That's all right. This person's partner was sitting in near our lessons and got quite upset when I would say, as I said, lineage tradition, we are very precise. This is how we do things. This is how we have always done things. We're not going to change unless there's a very good reason. Here are things that are parallel to that that you might know of that are wrong as far as our tradition is concerned. Their partner was practicing Wiccan inspired neo-paganism and was actually quite upset frequently about, but how can you say that? And felt like I was attacking their practice and their belief. So to create a delineation, Rose, one of my students, got me a very badly battered old hat because at the time all our money lived in a jar. That was what we were living on. So she went to the Goodwill and got a very badly battered hat. So when I would teach, I'd put the hat on as a clear visual indicator so I didn't have to stop every three sentences and add the caveat of, Speaking for our tradition, you right. know, the one that you're here to learn about, right. blah. Mm-hmm. Well These done. are not my personal opinions necessarily. These are the rules of the tradition. Exactly so. What is right for us is not necessarily right for you. In our tradition, we have a saying. He who says mine is the only way is surely not among the wise. That's a great saying. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I think we ought to all adopt that. <laughs> 
I'm stealing it. Go right ahead. <laughs> That's where the hat came from as a visual indicator. See the hat? I'm talking specifically as a teacher of this specific tradition, and I'm pointing at an empty head now. You can't see that. Right. But imagine ironically, we'll imagine a hat. Yes, ironically, oddly enough, it looks hats. like. Napoleon's hat for me, but that's okay. I, have more, I go to more of a Frosty the Snowman kind oh, of top oh, okay. hat thing, but you know. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> I, I left all my hats at home because it's been that sort of a day. Week, month, year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Totally get that. The concept of hats is where that started. And then it became more widely applicable. I started using it with other people. What it comes down to is, here I'm a Marbaran. When I'm a teacher, I'm a Marbaran. Do, do, do. Yeah, you don't <laughs> See? It's a thing. It's a total thing. It, it's caught on. <laughs> I'll have to live with it. Outside of that, I have relationships with people that are not my students, that are not interacting with me as part of this tradition or in my role as priest or teacher or elder so i need to separate that and we do this all the time people do this all the time but really not with paganism not with your metaphysical beliefs not with your polytheistic beliefs so many people i think it comes from the idea of oh but i'm but i have to be my authentic self my only self is this self but it's not true your relationship with your parents is different than your relationship with your peers neither one is true or false your boss does not treat you or should not treat you as an employee, if they meet you on the street, if you're walking out of Kroger, your boss doesn't go, hey, you, go and pick up my bags and put them in my car. Right. At least they should. No, they right. definitely yeah. shouldn't. If they do, I'm quitting. <laughs> exactly so. But people don't draw this distinction of if someone is speaking with the hat, people don't do that within their communities and their spiritual communities of being able to separate the teacher or the elder or whoever that person is, even though often you'll use a different name. People use the names they use at events. I'll tell you now, Marbaran is not my driver's license. It's on my <laughs> registration plate, but that's why hats are so important, though, to differentiate. Because guess what? Here, we can have a joke and have a laugh. If you came to me and said, so, Marbaran, I've got a friend, and we tr they appear to be suffering from possession. Doesn't happen anywhere near as often as people would like to think. Whole other rant, don't get me started. Oh, I'm <laughs> with you, brother. I'm with you. Understand we have limited time. <laughs> <laughs> If you come to me as Marbaran and say, hey, friend is possessed and I don't know what to do, there's a whole other rant there about not knowing what to do is okay. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, so often you see people go, oh, can someone tell me a spell for blood? Someone tell me a spell to cleanse my house because it needs cleansing. If you don't know how to do it, go and find someone who does. Right. Maybe. Yep. Mm -hmm. You don't go to the doctor and go, oh, I need surgery. It's okay. I can do it. So if you come to me, you know what? Maybe we're not going to add the do-do-do-do when I show up with <laughs> my bag full of stuff and right. all of my tools and go, okay, let's, one, determine if this is actually a possession. No, no, this is not possession. This is somebody needs their meds. Mm -hmm. Or right. this mm -hmm. is trauma. Let's talk about therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, so you sidetracked me onto the That's okay. possession. We talk about that all the time. <laughs> That's true. So hats are important to differentiate that responsibility, but also that accountability. So I'm I'm an elder in a coven. When I speak to my students as an elder, now I don't always have to put the hat on, but if it's important, I'll actually go and get the hat. And I make a big deal of, here is me, watching me, put on the hat. Especially if I have to call someone out, if I have to hold someone accountable. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because after I take the hat off, these people are all still my friends. These are people I have other different relationships with, one of which is my wife. I have to be able to be very clear of, as your husband, we're talking about blah. As your teacher, yes, your, your husband may have told your teacher that you had a rough week and therefore couldn't do the thing you committed to, but your teacher doesn't care. Right. Not in the, I don't care, it sucks to be you, but the, you made this commitment, right. you have to honour that. That makes sense. And we don't see a lot of that. We see people who 
are teaching or who are leading within the community without a very clear distinction of this is where my authority begins and ends. But also because we wear these hats, we also have relationships between hats. You know, many of you know Jim Two Snacks. Mm-hmm. When he's not Jim Two Snacks, he's my friend, Jim. And he and I are friends and we hang out and we do stuff. That said, there have been occasions where we have had to sit down as two snakes in a Marbaran and discuss things that needed to be sorted out in a very clear, this is what we're talking about. This is the, this is the authority that I have here. So Jim has actually come to me in the past and done what I've done to others. Me putting on my hat. Yes, this is not us as friends. I need to ask you about this thing that I heard and I need to know if this is okay or not. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, that doesn't impact who Jim and I are as friends when the hats come off. Or it but, shouldn't. Or because, it should. right. There right. should be a, a basically, if I'm understanding you, there should be an understanding between you and the other person that when the hat is on, you are interacting as these individuals. When the hat comes off, that's done. <laughs> How is that, though, in like, for lack of a better place, Michigan Pagan Fest? You're in a place of authority at Michigan Pagan Fest because you run a bunch of extra stuff that goes on there. We're there as podcasters and teachers. Where does that differentiation come between we're in a class and we're teaching? And we're hanging out afterwards at the hotel room getting, you know, hammered. So drinking the meads. Right. You know, how can you differentiate those two? I think it's I think it would be easier with like Jim because, you know, we're friends with Jim and if Jim came to us for something else that was beyond our friendship, or I think he would respect that. Or if we went to him, I think he would you know, we would respect that with him. But in a big setting like a Michigan Pagan Fest or Convocation or even in a, a Pagan Pride Day, how is that easy to like remove that hat so that everybody knows? I think that that's really hard. It comes down to how individuals work with that hat. At Michigan Pagan Fest, for example, I'm a Marbaran the whole time. The whole right. time I'm there, if I have a drink, it will be to honor the gods or as a very social thing with someone as, yep, yeah, we're going to share some mead together. Right. Or, you know, you came and you just spent three hours talking to me and taken up my time doing that. And now you've offered me a drink as reciprocity. But I think that for outside of that, for outside of a situation like that, for people who aren't in that role all the time when they're in a place like that, it comes down to recognizing where your responsibility and your authority begins and ends. Mm. And look, sometimes, and depending on who you are and where you're at, the hat can't come all the way off. You know, one, one of the things that, hey, this is an explicit podcast, I can talk about it. Right. Absolutely. So one of the things that has personally, speaking personally, I do not have a hat on, haha, <laughs> has frustrated me in parts of the community is the heavy overlap between the poly kink community and the pagan polytheist community. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm poly myself, which has no impact. No impact isn't quite the right word. I have a whole other rant that I could go on about that by definition, anyone who is dedicated to a deity is polyamorous because guess what? Your God is going to come first if you've taken on that role of priesthood. But that's a whole other thing. Not here for that right now. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So if I am at Convocation or Michigan Pagan Fest, and I'm there in one of my roles providing support or teaching a class or anything like that, and someone comes up to me afterwards and is clearly interested in developing a different relationship with me, that person's off limits. It's it's as simple and as uncomplicated as that because a power dynamic existed right at the beginning. Sure. From the outset, I was someone who was in a position of authority or perceived power, there's no way to correct that imbalance if that's where it began. Ever? For me personally, I don't think so. Yeah, I I would agree with you, but I wanted to get your opinion. (laughs) I don't think so, because once once it starts at that place... Right. Look, I've I've been doing this 20-some... A lot of years. 
if someone has just started out and it happens so often, those who teach or those who are putting on workshops or who are leading groups often appear very shy, especially when people are starting out. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to confuse feelings of being impressed or I use this term loosely and inappropriately, glamour, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with attraction. And because that power imbalance exists, if you wear the hat, it's your job to hold those boundaries and say that's not okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're just starting out, only to be dead 20 odd years before you've spent as much time doing this as I have. So there's always going to be a level of power imbalance. And this is not to say that years make a difference or anything like that. Dedication plays a huge role in all these things, but I think that power imbalance is always going to exist. It's the role of someone who wears a hat in a community environment or an open environment like that, to hold those boundaries, to say, no, you know what? I really wish we'd met in other circumstances. It'd be great if we'd met at Starbucks. That would have been super, unfortunately. Right. And that's a big deal in the pagan community right now. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of that pop up mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. especially with, in my tradition, in the ADF. Mm-hmm. Like, now finally saying, you know, the guy who started the ADF is no longer allowed at the ancestor fire. He's no longer an elder. He's no longer because of some of the crap he did. I mean, those are important things, I think, steps that we need to take. But he should have been wearing that hat at the beginning and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Again, different time than we are in now, but still something that should have been handled back then. Well, and that's a very dramatic instance. Mm -hmm. Yes. But there are Mm -hmm. much more, like, there are just much more mundane situations Mm -hmm. where the boundaries of the relationship get messy. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. in a way, for me, because I'm a Hecatean witch, the veil is my, and I'm also an oracle in my coven. So when I put that veil on, that is a role I'm taking when I'm working with my coven. And when I take it off, I'm just Gwyn again. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I think it, it's, yeah. a, it's a similar it, kind of. It sounds very similar. Yeah. So if I can play off your example then. Mm-hmm. It's not an example, your life. <laughs> when you've got the veil on, when you speak as an oracle, these are the words of the oracle, take them to heart. Mm-hmm. When you take it off, this is your opinion as Quinn. Mm-hmm. The oracle says, go get me a latte. Okay, for some reason the gods want a latte. Someone get <laughs> right. down to Starbucks. Veil off, go get me a latte. Get it yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. We somewhat have multiple levels because Gwen is an oracle and Gwen is Gwen, but Gwen is also somebody else. Right? So Gwen has a mundane name that right. she lives by every day that some people know. Mm-hmm. And But there's a degree of separation between that life and between, pagan life. Right. And, yep. Mm-hmm. Between Christine and Gwen or between Tom and Carr, between Alana and Ode. So there is a degree of separation even in what we do as a podcast mm-hmm. because or teachers. Because when we're out podcasting or we're out teaching, we use our pagan names not mm-hmm. our mundane names that, like, the rest of the world knows. Well, and we talked about this a little bit before, about the fact that your identity is a flexible thing, right? right? That's the way brains work. You're not, your personality isn't actually a static construct. It's a thing that you build periodically throughout your life. And your brain acquires these sort of habits with neurons and specific patterns, but every time you re-enter a situation where that habit comes up, you're recreating that face of your identity, mm-hmm. right? So your identity is a constantly evolving thing, and it should be a constantly evolving thing, and the levels of your identity that you access in different situations are naturally different. That's mm-hmm. that's psychology. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I do think it's important that there is this delineation that you're talking about, because I can see how easily either there could be abuses of power, which we've seen, but also there could just be misunderstandings that happen that when you adopted this hat of, okay, I'm now teaching 
and then took it off. Was that person able to understand better where you were coming from? They were. It was because we'd have the conversation at the start, in the beginning. I'd you know, preface every lesson with, you know, this is our tradition, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But having that visual cue every time, you know, they'd look up to go, hey, wait, they'd see the hat and go, oh, wait, no, talking about something, talking about something that sounds like my thing, but is not my thing. Right, gotcha. right. And so, yeah, I can see how that would definitely be a benefit for people, especially when you're talking in a larger situation where you've got people of different traditions all together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They all recognize that. And even in a smaller situation. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with, you see this earlier, you're working with a coven. Mm-hmm. These people become like a second family to you. Mm-hmm. In my case, I live with a number of the people who are also my students, and it needs to be really clear when is it a Marbaran talking and when is it the person who left the dirty dishes on the sink talking. <laughs> right. It's so important in those, especially when you're talking about a, a lineage tradition or a mystery tradition, one where you've got O's and things that you can't talk about publicly within you know, anyone who's interacted with us often points out that Renewal Coven tends to, it's not that we keep to ourselves so much, but we're very cohesive. We have an existing structure, and yeah, there's a hierarchy there. But that hierarchy has very defined limits. Mm-hmm. If you only see us at Michigan Pagan Fest, it looks very much like Marbaran is in charge of absolutely everything when it comes to everybody's lives there at the end. Mm-hmm. It's a cult! No. <laughs> right. That, that's something that people have asked about before. It's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why... I very publicly use the ABCDEF, which came from the founder of, ADF. ironically, the founder of ABCDEF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't do all bad things. No, he had, he had a lot of great stuff. <laughs> you know, and I encourage people, use it. Use it on me. Use it on our group. Anyone who's studying with us in the outer courts material, the beginning stuff, look at the way we interact. Look at how everything works. Use the ABCDEF. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. But also do that to any teacher. Yeah. Anyone who's trying to teach anyone group you're going to join, look at it. Where do where does their authority begin and end? Mm-hmm. Is it clearly defined? Because that's the other place it gets gets messy. People whose authority is not clearly defined. Oh, you've joined group X and Bob is the head of group X. But also, as well as worshipping together or studying together, we also do movie nights and we do game nights and we do social stuff. Is Bob's authority, does is it purely, purely um, ecclesiastical? Is it just when it comes to the spirit? spirituality or actually because movie night's always at bob's house bob's in charge there too right is mm-hmm. that because it's his house or is that because bob is the head of group x right you know, and if that's not clearly clearly defined and people can't tell you what's going on mm-hmm. that's someone who's not good at wearing a hat mm-hmm. that's someone who hasn't been able to go when i am here and teaching this is what my authority ent- entails i have the authority to teach on this subject for example i could teach on Anne Morrigan. I've worked with her for many years. I could not teach on Loki. I could tell you my personal experiences with Loki. I have no authority to teach on Loki at all. That's where, you know, so even within the spiritual context, where does that person's authority begin and end? Right. What what hat is that? Mm-hmm. In that case, we don't need hat because we're not experts on anything. <laughs> we literally are just having discussions about everything. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we're just, I think we're just different. No, <laughs> I, no I think, everyone, extent, I think everybody, everybody needs hat. Yeah? Because yeah. you're my father. Mm-hmm. True. And we have a specific relationship with you as my father. But when we're doing the podcast, that relationship is different. True. Yeah, you're in charge. Yes. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Nope, nope. You're in charge all the time. So it's really not that much different. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Do you think, I, I'm also wondering if this is also a good way for someone to say, okay, this is my hat. This is what I believe. It doesn't make what you believe wrong 
It just makes it different. I think there's space for that, absolutely. I'm an unpopular person sometimes because I think you can do things wrong. Mm-hmm. Some, of the, some of the spirits we work with, some of the practices we do, are dangerous. Mm-hmm. You can get hurt. You can hurt others. There is a right and a wrong way to do certain things. I do believe that there is a space to say, this is what I believe and it's different to what you believe and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But also our community, the, the metaphysical, the spiritual community suffers a great deal from, but no one can tell me what to do. And that's not really accurate because yeah, you can do things wrong. If someone is an expert on something and you've sought them, especially, is it pet peeve, hat off pet peeve. <laughs> if you have sought out an expert for their expert skill set, if they tell you something you don't want to hear, don't ignore them. <laughs> I have what I call the Stephen Hawking rule. If Stephen Hawking and I were to disagree on a principle of physics, I'm going to assume that I'm the one in the wrong. Right? <laughs> it's probably safest to start there. Right, yep, agreed. Uh-huh, true. You know, if you go to an expert for their advice, even if you don't like it, sure, get a second opinion from an expert, not someone who is going to just tell you the thing you want to hear. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why waste everybody's time? Mm-hmm. But I absolutely think that there is a space to say, okay, with this hat on, these are the things that I believe, which may be different to the things that you believe. And that's okay, because you don't believe what I believe. Mm-hmm. We have different paths, different traditions. If you get right down to it, the differences within our traditions are honestly greater than the similarities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you if you get down to the nuance of things, the difference between the Gardnerian and Alexandrian traditions is actually quite large, even though, unpopular opinion, one came from the other. Right. <laughs> and again, then Starhawk's work is going to be fundamentally very different from Hecatean work. The things that Loki's just a great example of, you, Loki can have like 10 things that appear mutually exclusive, but are all correct at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. More, more than 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. challenging. It's really interesting to even put my brain around this because I can see where this is is an important thing that could be helpful to the pagan community because I think we do have these excesses of power. We have now these BNPs as, right, as yeah, Jason, Jason Mickey likes to say, yeah. you know, big name pagans. I, I think there's a lot of potential for misunderstanding or for people to get hurt if they're not understanding where one's authority starts, where it ends, how, what they believe and where that authority goes. So I can see the need for this. To take it even a step further with some of the BNPs, it's harmful for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much does it harm your own spirituality, your own connection with your spirits and your gods, Mm -hmm. if you don't have enough personal insight or reflection to be able to recognize where your authority begins and ends, to be able to recognize oh, this situation has come about because of the power imbalance, and I'm the one with the power. So many of us who, so many of the folks who come to particularly pagan beliefs come from a situation where they haven't had a lot of power. That's, there's a trauma cycle there. You forget, I've known folks who are very well regarded in the community, who in their own personal lives still are so powerless and have so little power or control over their immediate surrounds, their living environment, their job environment, that when they get into a situation where they they are wearing the hat, they are a teacher, they don't recognise where they've crossed a line because they're not used to having it. People who haven't who've never had power don't know how to how to control how to restrain right. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of the quote unquote BNPs have been given that power mm-hmm. rather than necessarily wanting that power. So like a Jason Mankey or Devin Hunter mm-hmm. or a Ellen Dugan, whatever. I think part of it is that the greater community sees that you've written a book 
or two or 12 or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, now you're a big name pagan. So everything you say, I'm going to take as gospel Mm -hmm. where that's not really what they're saying. They're just saying, here's an option for you in this book I've written. It's what I believe, but it may not be what you believe. But the greater community goes, well, it's what we should believe because it's like if you wrote books, book 12 by Amalaran, and then, you know, people go, well, everything he says is correct because it's book 12. Well, I'm a liar, so they're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I I think that that, you know, it, it leads to the potential for BNPs to feel that aspect from the rest of the pagan community and go, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you should take this as gospel because I wrote it. I don't think all of them think that way, but I think there's the potential for that. No, I think coming out of Christianity, where I spent the majority of my life, you see that. Mm -hmm. Everybody tells the quote-unquote pastor, oh, well, you're speaking from the pulpit, so you're right. And the pastor goes, well, of course I'm right. You know, and then the pastor's going, I'll take up an offering today. I expect a million dollars in the basket. You know, I think that that potential is there in the pagan community for that to happen. So I think the opportunity for quote-unquote hats to be able to be there, to be able to say, all right, I'm taking this off now. Now tell me what you really think. Because, I mean, we review books and we review books by people we don't know, but we also review books by people we do know, like Misha and yes. and uh, Jason and a couple other people. And I'm more than willing to tell them, hey, your book sucks. Like, I mean, it's got some good information in it, but, and Ode especially will tell you your book sucks. Especially if it doesn't have a good bibliography. But Listen, I have very specific <laughs> requirements. <laughs> but we're willing to tell people what we really honestly believe. I came out of the entertainment industry, and so for, I don't know, 20 years, people, bands have sent me demos. Mm, yeah. And I always write them back and go, okay, you sent me this demo. Do you want my honest opinion? Because that's all you're going to get. So if you don't want my honest opinion... Don't write me back. I won't tell you what I think. I won't I'll destroy just, you. I will just leave it alone, and you'll never hear from me again. But if you really want to know the truth, email me or or write me back and say, yes, I really want to know the truth. And I'm going to tell you what I honestly freaking believe, because this is what I did for a career. I think that's a good thing. And I think we need to keep, quote, unquote, BNPs, which I guess somewhat all of us in this room are slowly becoming. God, I hate that. It, it's good to have people to keep you honest. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's I think there's definitely that time where people need to take off that hat and go, OK, what do you honestly feel about what shit I've said? Because, you know, so in there, a way, it's a way that there's an accountability there. Yeah, there is. And I think that those who teach need to hold each other accountable, mm-hmm. which is can be challenging because if without those hats, often the other people who are teaching at these events are your friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm hmm. But with the hat on, your first responsibility should be to your gods, to your tradition, mm-hmm. to the people you are in service to. Right. Which means, yeah, yeah. yeah. to your tribe, which means sometimes you have pride. to go, go, hey, you said this, and this this actually sounds really problematic. You know what? I know cars suddenly starts using some of the dog whistles around folkish beliefs. Hey, hey. And I would do a murder. <laughs> <laughs> and I Even though I'm your father? <laughs> yeah. And I might come to Carr and say, hey, so my hat's on, Carr. Yeah. This sounded really, did, was you, were you trying to go for this? And often people go, oh, crap. Is okay. that what I sounded yeah. like? Hang on, hang on, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Let me amend that statement. Uh-huh. So, yeah. 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 And I think the other thing, I want to jump off if I could, Carr, your people, people who are teaching, if you're teaching, you have to believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no one should be teaching any of these topics, especially when it's talking about the gods or the spirits, mm-hmm. unless you believe that you're right. Right. You don't go out and teach math by saying, 
Well, I feel like two and two is sometimes five, but could also be the color green. Whatever you feel is appropriate. You go out and go, no, two and two is four. We're working in a base 10 system. That's what that is. I don't know. Two and two sometimes is green. That would stop it. <laughs> At least here. <laughs> you don't have synesthesia. Don't start that shit. Don't, don't, don't go there. That can also be part of where this comes from is, mm. of course, you, you don't write the book saying, oh, I think this is it. You write the book saying, this is how it is. Yeah. You don't teach a class going, oh, maybe these are the sort of things Anne Morrigan likes. This is what she likes. And you know, that's how we teach our classes. That's how we do our podcast. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We say we're not experts. Then we act like experts. I don't know that I try to act like an expert. I just present the information that that I have discovered. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm I'm open to it being proven wrong. Absolutely. I just don't believe that it is when I'd say it. Finn Odinson says, uh, one hat I wish I could keep on is my Finn hat when I walk through my parents' door. But unfortunately, at this time, the hat has to hide. So around my parents, I'm just, insert mundane name here, mm. which is very interesting. Like QQ Ann said the same thing, and I have that same thing mm-hmm. with my mom. Yes. You know, I still haven't broken down yeah, that boundary yet. The one secret hat. My one secret hat, yeah. And I think... Well, it's actually taking off my hat yeah, of... Yes. Who well, I am as car. It's putting on a defensive hat. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. And I mean, I, I do, uh, psychic medium work. And so it can be very difficult for me to, you know, I haven't thought of it, but taking the hat on and putting it off and not just always being on, you know, and people expecting me to, to communicate with their, their relatives or whatever, just because they know that's what I can do. Well, and we've talked about this before. Sometimes you get a message and it's not the, it's not, it's not the, the right time. place to, to pass that on. So, so I just purposefully take that hat off and don't share it because I just know it's not the right time. I'm sure you have more to talk about, but really quick, I want to talk about the fact that these hats are fucking invisible. Yes, that's the truth. That's the challenge here. Like the like conceptually. It's kind of like spoons. Right, yeah. Like spoons. you don't know when somebody's out of spoons because and, you can't someone, see how many spoons are actually holding. Unless physically says, hey, I got zero spoons right, right now. We're yeah. done. Well, I did want, I wanted to uh, ask that same question is like, how is it just with people you're in relationship just open with communication is it open communication is it just a personal understanding of okay this is where i am right now this is you know i'm taking i'm taking the hat off metaphorically so i actually use i foolishly didn't bring any today i actually use hats i have Do you? three or four hats you know, today i actually have this in it's not much of a hat it's still a hat mm-hmm. and part of it's the name if we have a relationship outside of my work capital w work then i've got a friend very good friend comes to fix my car he doesn't call me a marbaran mm-hmm. when we meet at discussion night in jackson when he comes out to convocation or playing fest i am a marbaran mm-hmm. if we go out to dinner after discussion night he's very clear of so am i going out to dinner with a marbaran or mundane name right you know, part of it does include is my hat on or off that's always a good indicator for somebody how am i dressed part of that's for other people part of that's for me what i wear now this is what i wear out normally because when I'm outside my home, I always have to be ready to be a Marbaran. Because you never know. And for our listeners, a Marbaran is dressed in a very swanky yes. black suit. Impeccable. Impeccable yes. dress. Thank you. As always. As always. As always when we right. see yeah. 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 Because I'm just looking for that time we, when he's we walking know around only in like despite, and a t-shirt. Despite our irreverent joke with his name yes. and trying to pronounce it. We, <laughs> we do not know mundane name. We do not know mundane name, nor do we know a Marbaran through a mundane situation. We have right. always known a Mabaran through either doing... Convocation, convocation Michigan Pagan Fest, or... Through doing your the work podcast. in some way. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you've only ever seen me like this or my slightly more formal jacket when I'm going somewhere specifically to work. Right. A Mabaran Plus. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and part of that's also so I stand out. When I'm somewhere that I'm actively working, I'm there to help people. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You need to be recognizable. You can so, recognize me. You can see me at a distance. And your entire coven is that way. Yes. Because like, I've seen them, renewal yeah. coven like out at events, and they're all dressed... All very identifiable. Right, very identifiable. Right. That's who they are. So would you recommend that for people who are going like, yeah, this really resonates with, the, with me, this makes sense, I need to project that I am wearing a specific hat, do you recommend doing it through either a physical hat or through the way they dress? Or Yeah, absolutely. I think physical anchors are so important, and this is where we start to strand into psychology. It's really hard to hold a single thought in your head for a long time. If you're at an event, it's really hard to mentally delineate for yourself, I am this person and must behave in this specific way. Mm-hmm. We do it in our jobs all the time. Right, yeah. so, Some of us get in trouble at our jobs and are told that's not appropriate, go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yep, I think I have to. Wearing a specific, a specific article of clothing, your veil, a hat, a suit jacket, a pin. Right. Something that reminds you, this is the space I'm in. And it becomes identifiable for people around you. Mm-hmm. When you go, hi, I'm a Marbron. Really? I thought you were mundane name. Not with this one, I'm not. Oh, okay, good to know. It's easy, easier for people to make that distinction as well. If this resonates for you, I'm in a position where I can buy nice hats now. It's lovely. My first hat was a buck from the, uh, from the Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And it served its purpose well. I wore that until I had money, which was quite some time. <laughs> so interestingly, like, I go by car on the podcast. I go by car when I'm teaching. I obviously have a mundane name. Mm-hmm. But I literally feel like car more than I do my mundane name. 99.8% of the time, I feel like car. Part of that, I think, is, like, we do the podcast now often because we're weekly now. Mm-hmm. Part of that is, like, even when I'm out amongst... The general population, I feel more like car than I ever did my mundane name. How do you differentiate when that becomes who you, your persona has be, kind of become you? Car the teacher, car the person. Right. Okay. Car, car the teacher has the teacher hat and speaks with the authority of the, the earned respect of the people who listen to the podcast, who have right. been to your classes. Car the person is more fallible, let's say. I think that's that's how you delineate. Like I say, I go out and dress like this because sometimes a Marbaran needs to be needs to be there. And I can't say, just hold on to your crisis one second. I'm going to drive home, get changed, <laughs> come back, and then we'll deal with you don't, this. You don't keep a change of clothes in the car? <laughs> no. So, you know, car the person versus car the teacher. Are you are you intending to speak with? You say that you're not experts. Got bad news for you guys. <laughs> yeah, people look up to you. People listen to you. I've been people. trying to tell them that people this yeah, for two years. I'm coping. <laughs> when when you speak, you are speaking with an authority that has been given to you by a community. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Oh no! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> listen, yeah. I love them, but, but it wasn't what I, it wasn't what I came in to do. <laughs> it's just something that I've ended up doing, and it has changed the way I approach the podcast. That's true. Yeah. It's changed the way I do my preparation for the podcast. It's changed the way I present information. It changes the way when I go out and I'm at an event and I'm teaching or I'm... Or just arriving at an event. Or arriving at an event when I'm speaking to listeners. You definitely meet them in a place. I I have an ode personhood that is Mm -hmm. different from the person I am in my everyday life because... Mm -hmm. People have imbued me, despite my displeasure, with a, with a kind of authority, and I have a responsibility to them to meet that expectation, yeah. right? So that, that has changed how I handle interactions with the public and interactions with the public, <laughs> interactions with the private, interactions, interactions with people who know me in this context. Yes. 
So, mm-hmm. and the yeah. majority of the people, and I think that's the, I think that's true of all. The majority of people we know know you know in this in context, context. Yeah. right? Yeah. There are very few. I have people, very few casual social relationships. Right. Yeah. There's a few that you've met basically through me. Uh-huh. Like, and there's a few of those situations. But I have a, a diverse background because a I work full time for a brewery, so I'm always out <laughs> meeting everybody. And there I have to be Tom. Right. That's who I am to the rest of the world. Although when I'm talking to them about buying mead from me, I feel like car. But I have to present myself as Tom. So it's a weird delineation for me because I have to like... I think you also just don't compartmentalize as well as I do. Well, that may be true. And <laughs> I'm actually... part of it? Do you need to be able to kind of compartmentalize a little bit to, to do hats? I think you do. And I think that when you end up in a position of authority, and if people go seeking authority, they shouldn't have it. Agreed. Authority and respect has to be bestowed by a community. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I moved here six years ago. I knew no one. That's not true. I knew two people that I'd come and met on holidays. When I started submitting workshops, I provided a full background. I provided references. Once I taught a few places, I provided those references. When I first submitted to Pagan Fest, I included a, so you don't know who I am, so you don't know if I should teach. Here's three people in the local community who are elders or who are seen as elders who are willing to speak for me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where authority comes from. If you're recognized by other people as having that authority, you've got that authority. And then you, then you have to learn to compartmentalize so that you don't inadvertently Mm-hmm. trample across and overuse that authority because if you can go seeking it, if you don't have a little list of these are the things that I am and are not allowed to do with this authority, right. it's really easy to stray past it. Mm-hmm. So that's where that compartmentalization comes in. You you recognize, okay, people listen to what I have to say on topics A, B, C, and D. These are the things I can talk with authority on. If I'm starting to talk about X, Y, and Z, I need to be very careful that I'm not presenting it with the same authority that I have on my little list over here. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that we're talking about this in the context Text of like leadership in the pagan community. But what about in someone's personal circle? Say you've got a group of friends who they're all pagans. They, they may be in different levels of maturity or experience on the path. And let's say that they may help each other on their journey and may act as teacher or, you know, to each other at times. Is this something that, that just Everybody in the pagan community should learn to adopt, uh, whether they are an official teacher or not, or... My personal opinion? Yes, absolutely. Because psychologically speaking, in any group, you are going to have one or two people who break out as leader figures. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way we've evolved as say, sentient life forms. That's how we act and how we act. If you're not conscientiously and consciously creating that structure and compartmentalization for yourself and making sure that there's a consensus, all you're going to do is bring about conflict. Mm-hmm. The example I used earlier of, so you've got teacher Bob, who is the head of this organization, but it also has a social aspect. It has the same people go, oh, actually, we all like playing RPGs. Let's get a game of D&D going. Where does that authority begin and end? If it hasn't been categorized, if it hasn't been compartmentalized, mm-hmm. when have you ever sat around with a group of pagans, even if it, the setting was entirely not intended for that? It just so happens that everyone present, because, you know, you tend to hang out with the people you get along best with, right. and then suddenly a topic comes up and it launches into a conversation. The authority's already crept in, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, know, you guys come out to discussion in Jackson, for example, it's a semi-social setting. And afterwards, we all go and do a very social, informal dinner. But those of us who are seen as speaking with authority still have to remember that. I'm in between bites of my steak at Denny's, start talking about a day that I don't have a lot of uh, experience with. How you know that this is, oh, this is my personal thing because we're in a social setting now. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Unless I very, okay, I've taken the hat off, but I still need to be aware of what am I saying? How am I saying? Right. I think that, I think that compartmentalization is something that everybody needs to do and everybody does do. They just leave it at the door when it comes to their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. You, know, you do it at work. You do it, you do it in your interpersonal relationships. Who you are is always compartmentalized. You know, even if you're not great at compartmentalization, I'm just saying, car does that with your mom. Right. right? Here is mm-hmm. your compartment. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think it's something that we, sometimes even do i mean subconsciously like you know you might with a parent or something like that is it or is it something that really does need to be done with a specific focus in mind i think everyone does it subconsciously you should do it consciously because mm-hmm. if you let your subconscious handle it it'll be a hot mess <laughs> hello shadow work needing to be done yeah. <laughs> that can't put it any better than that it's, uh, you know, personally again personal opinion Everything is better when it's done intentionally, mm-hmm. whether it's whatever it's an interpersonal relationship, whether it's your spiritual work, whether it's the job that you're employed to do, do what you mean to do. Otherwise, it's that whole, oops, I stood on your foot, mm-hmm. but I didn't mean to, so I don't have to apologize. Right? Yeah. Mindful right. living is a good thing for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> How do you deal with others that see a hat you no longer wear? In Finn's case, it's a former youth pastor hat. Same hat I used to have. Like, I'm a former Christian youth pastor. Finn is a former Christian youth pastor. We're both now pagans. I don't live in the same town, so it doesn't really affect me. Finn does. So how do you remove that hat to be normal person again or be that pagan person again? It comes down to that inten- intentional uh, intentional categorization of yourself, that intentional compartmentalization. But also, to what effect is that impacting your life? people coming up to you and saying hey you're you're the youth pastor and i need youth pastoring thank you yeah. <laughs> not, not something i grew up with so I, i'm a little in the dark there but you know, I, need I, need, I need pastoring for my youths <laughs> I, need, I need spiritual help with with jesus right you can just say look i don't have that relationship with jesus anymore but it has to be changed from a one-to-one person i mean you could make a great big post about it on facebook or you could take out a billboard or something but if you've left that organization the people who knew you in that capacity should have been made aware of right you're mm-hmm. no longer you know, you're no longer part of that organization if it's impacting you if it's causing you problems just redefining yourself for that person but also recognize that when it's an invisible hat yeah. people need to be told you don't not only do i not have that hat on i don't even own that hat anymore yeah so i'll never again wear that hat go look at I've, this person who has that hat i've had that, <laughs> I've had that on facebook so i have people that I've deleted off my Facebook who want to add me back. And so my first response to them is, I'm more than happy to add you, but I'm no longer a Christian. I now follow an entirely different, you know, definition of what gods are. So if you're uncomfortable with this, feel free not to say anything. If you're okay with it, let me know and I'll go ahead and add you. And so I give them that out to not want to, like, be friends with me on Facebook, which is fine. Right away. But that is also a way to let people know, I no longer have this hat. Right. This is no longer who a part of me. I cannot uh, interact with you in the specific way that you would like me to interact with you. Yeah. And for something like that, for youth pastor, there's a level of authority and responsibility that comes with that. And again, this is where it's a spiritual and people are like, oh, but spiritual is different, but it's not. Right. I don't work for the companies that I used to work for. I used to do a lot of security work. You can't come to me and say, hey, I need my account reset and I need access to the building down on Church Street. Well, that's great, but I haven't worked there in years. Could I still access the system? Yeah, probably. I built half their security. I could probably still access the system and give you you access. But guess what? No one's paying me for that, and that's not... I don't have authority to. I don't have the responsibility to. I can point you to the guy who does have that job now. Go and talk to him. Mm -hmm. Right. 
You know, the same is true in our spiritual lives. You know, okay, I no longer believe this. I no longer practice this. I don't have the authority to, to intercede with you, intercede for you with Jesus. Right. Here's somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finn like, said thank you. That makes perfect sense to me. And it looked so, like Darren had a pretty good comment. I think this has a lot to do with the fact that the pagan space is typically a space where people feel like they can be their most authentic self. So when they don't want to lose that by taking on any other aspect of who they are or what they can be to another. They feel like, oh, I can be this authentic person, so I'm not going to wear a hat almost. They like they just feel like it's not important because I, I am who I am. I'm so At least in this class. space. Socially, socially skyclad. I love that. I want, I'm going to use that. Socially skyclad. I love that. Very good. Thank you. You have made my night. You're welcome. <laughs> but I think, though, having said that, I think though that they would. It's still a persona. It is. I, your authentic, your authentic self should be your authentic self in all aspects. So if you're if you're not laughing, if you're not cosplaying your faith. It should impact every part of your life. But that, that's a personal, internal thing, right. not an external presentation. Mm-hmm. Reciprocity can be found in most traditions. If you only practice reciprocity when you're at Pagan Fest and the other 360-odd days of the year, you don't. Yeah, you're no better than the people who go to church on Sunday and on Monday go back to cutting people off the road and overcharging for insulin. So really, it comes down to to being nice. (laughs) It comes down to being authentic, purely in your entire life. Yeah, and recognizing that your authentic self is different. The person I am with my family is not a fake person. The person I am when I'm out providing service in the community is not a fake person. These are all aspects of the real me. They're all faces of who I am. You present what's appropriate for the situation. Mm-hmm. You present what's appropriate for the interactions you're having. The things I'd say to my wife are not the things I'd say to any of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, for me, the hard part is like my mom. So my mom, for 15 years, helped run an organization called Lead Like Jesus. Probably 20. Probably 20. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for me to go, hey, mom, I'm no longer a Christian. So when my mom asked me questions like, have you found a new church yet? My answer is, no, just haven't yet. Like, rather than... Hey, I'm a pagan now. And it's very awkward because I feel bad about, quote unquote, lying to my mom. Ode wouldn't, but because Ode likes lying. I don't like lying. I'm just good at lying. (laughs) Okay. And sometimes so, it's useful. Yeah. Like it it feels weird to like mislead my mother um, in a way, but it also feels safe, you know, which is weird because obviously I put my name out here. We're on YouTube. So people can see who we are. Be very easily Googled, and someday that will happen to you. And I would actually be more okay with that than telling her. That makes literally no sense to me, but that's okay. You live in a moral fear of open and honest communication. No, but 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 here (laughs) with his mother, yes, (laughs) maybe. But the honest thing is, like, if she sees it, she'll have time to process it before she talks to me, rather than I tell her, I get her immediate reaction. You say that. But your mother did disown me once and then sent me another email taking it back about 20 minutes this later. Is well, it's true. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. My question is, is there a difference between wearing a hat and putting on a mask? And is one healthier and, than and the other? To what extent are those different? And to what extent are there some overlap? Yeah. That's a really good question. From, from my perspective, there's certainly some overlap. A mask is about hiding who you are. The mask is about is about feeling safe. It's about safety. It's if you can't if you can see this about me, I'm worried about what will happen. Whereas 
the hat is there to be seen. It's to give that that symbol of, I can speak with authority on these topics. I have these responsibilities. It's a role signifier. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a really good one. It's a role signifier, whereas a mask is a way to hide. A mask is about protecting yourself. A hat, I think, is more about protecting others. That makes sense. I like that. So when you talk to your mother, you're wearing a mask, not a hat. That's right. You need to wear a hat. You're wearing a Tom mask. (laughs) You're wearing a sun mask. Possibly. (laughs) I'm not going to admit to anything at this point. I confess to nothing. That makes sense. That does make sense. And I think it's something that... Again, I think it's something useful and something that's needed. How how do we do, go about uh, adding this and incorporating How do we implement this and encourage others to do the same? Well, my answer to that was to say, hey, three-pack, can I come and talk about hats on your show? <laughs> Everyone who's listening, start wearing hats immediately. That's right. Right. Even if you have to do it physically that's for right. a while. Right. To, if that to, helps. If it helps, yeah. Well, and I got to thinking about it because we were talking about you always wear this very swanky suit and you you have some kind of a hat when you are in a Mabaran space, right? When I go to work at uh, our local pagan store, Arts and Craft, I do always dress in a specific way because I am there as a reader and that is how I want people to perceive me. So what I'm wearing today, which is just a basic t-shirt and jeans, this is not something I would wear there because this to me does not indicate, hey, would you like to have a reading? (laughs) So that's basically what you're talking about. Yeah, it's about acting intentionally. It's about how you show up. I do have a specific pin that I wear every time we go to events or every time I'm going to be somewhere that that we might meet listeners. Is it the serpent? It's the serpent pin, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always cut your hair before we go out. That's anywhere. true, yeah. And I guess in some ways, I'm, there are there's specific jewelry that I'll wear to indicate this is what I'm doing this today. Is my this is my mode. Okay. So. There's your hat right there. As you're getting ready to be Oracle, Reader, three-pack, you follow follow certain rituals isn't quite the right word, but habits and behaviors to put yourself in that mindset so that when you arrive and show up, that's who you are. So you would recommend that to our listeners then if they are in a situation where they are acting in a position, in a specific capacity, in a a, a position of authority on a subject or a series of subjects that they should intentionally present themselves in. This is who I am. I can speak to you about this. Absolutely. About this and specifically this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, show up intentionally. And you know, the other side of it is from a purely practical point when you're teaching, you need to show up as someone that people go, yes, I should listen to you. Like it or not, our society is coded in particular ways. So I wear this because as I say, sometimes a Marbrine has to go to work and doesn't have time to go home and change. A lot of the work I do ends up being in hospitals. I do a lot of advocacy work. If you show up in a hospital as a white man dressed in a suit and start telling people what to do it'll be about 30 minutes before anyone realizes wait why why are we doing what he said (laughs) works for me it won't necessarily work for others but that's how i show up Mm -hmm. if you show up if i show up in a sweatshirt and my exercise pants they're probably going to say no no the ward you need is down the hall sir we'll get you one of those nice jackets it will be fine in the same way when you're teaching if you show up and it's clear and you've intended to even if it's not the way you dress but you have made the intentional act of this is who I am when I show up, it comes across, it shows. Because yeah, I pretty much always dress the same, but I think that when I'm quote-unquote car in a, in a public space, in a public public space, space, I tend to put on that invisible hat of mm-hmm. like just... You stand up straighter. Right, yep, yeah, exactly. I don't slouch as much. Yeah. I, you know, I um, have noticed that, yeah. And then when you're not... I also speak deeper. Than mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and when you're just hanging out at a table just as you... 
just chatting with people. Right. Not as three pack, but just to chat. Yep. Then you must, yeah. you must make all the social connections. Yeah. That's then, who I am. then your demeanor does it relaxes, and you, right. there is a thinking back on. I can see so a shift. But is that is that something though that you would recommend? Since that's really just something that he's experiencing, would you recommend that he maybe intentionally visual signifier vi- add a visual signifier? Yeah. Do it. Do it intentionally. It also helps for the people that you connect with. Right. Be able to tell them who are they connecting with. Right. Ah, uh, are you friends? Ah. Uh, can I invite you out to the pub afterwards? Or are you here in your professional capacity? Part of it's also whose turn is it to talk and whose turn is it to listen? Right. There's a power dynamic, there's authority involved. Right. Doing it intentionally gives you that very clear, where does that cutoff point happen? Does it happen as soon as you turn off the mic? Does it happen slowly? Are you doing it because, okay, I need to just relax now? Or is it happening because you're intentionally going, okay, I want to make a more informal connection right. with the people mm-hmm. I'm talking to? Mm-hmm. I'll figure something out then mm-hmm. for me. Our Darren, who's one of our listeners, said, what if you fulfill that role in a virtual space? So virtual is always interesting. Yeah. Uh, we've got several listeners who are, our Darren's one, we've got a couple of others who are in a supervisory role with schools of witchcraft that are held online. Mm. And so they have a different persona in that space than they have outside of that space. Well, in something like a chat channel, there's, there's usually some sort of signifier. We'll use Discord because Discord's a new thing. All the kids are using it. We use Discord <laughs> as well. That's what we're using. Yep. We're on Discord. We're on Discord so, as we speak. I, I have my Discord here on my phone. I've got the channel at home, and my mundane name is the one that appears there. And it's, I have just as much say as everybody else over the dirty dishes in the house, or the cat that has ruined my monitor, etc., etc. Right. <laughs> I've also got a channel where I'm showing up as a Marbaran, and I show up in gold, and it says Elder, because that's my coven channel. Right. And if you come into the general, yeah, guess what? I've got that authority designated. I'm also on your your Discord, and I'm just there with a Marbaran. Right. That's, that's the name I'm known by. There's nothing special next to my name. I've got my pronouns. Yep. Him, his. That's it. So in a virtual space, it's actually, I think, easier to put those designators and the identifiers in because mm-hmm. you, you're acting in that space as this person, as this supervisory person. Right. Through the channels that those students are supposed to contact you through, it should be really easy to designate, I'm, I'm the supervisor speaking as the supervisor. If we want to talk about Monopoly, I'm not up with what games people play these days, but we want to talk, talk about Monopoly, cool, here's my personal IM. You can IM me on a different, on a different channel, a different right. server, a different service. I think virtually that's much, much easier to do than in person. Than in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's muddier in person, yeah. So... One more question that I can think of. Because we talked earlier about power imbalances. For instance, if you are meeting someone as a teacher who they're, you know, they might have developed an interest. What if it's just someone who wants to become just friends, but they start, they, they made their acquaintance with you. They start as an acolyte. They start as, yeah, as someone who they met through a class. Or, Or in our case, you know, listeners mm-hmm. yeah. who then end up being more than we've gone to listeners' wedding, but it's because they become friends outside mm-hmm. of what we do here on a weekly basis. People we meet with, which is not an uncomplicated of- situation. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm just wondering if it, you know is is there a dynamic there that could be abusive if you or something that the the person who is the teacher or the leader needs to watch out for, even if it's just a friendship with someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think that there's absolutely a, a, you need to be aware that that power imbalance exists. It's not quite the same as if you pursued a romantic or sexual or other intimate relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. But for argument's sake, you make friends with someone who is one of your 
listeners. How much harder is it to say no when Gwyn says, oh, can I borrow your car? Mine's in the shop. Can I run down? You know, you live nearby. Can you give me a lift? How much harder is it to do that than with someone that isn't a BNP, that doesn't have some sort of perceived authority or actual authority within a community? Even if that someone isn't in a, even if they're not your direct student, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's still a level of, Jason Mankey calls up and says, hey, can you pick me up from the airport? I'm driving to Grand Rapids to pick me up from the airport. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, it's harder to say no. Right. Because, inherently that power imbalance exists. Right. But yeah, I mean, I get I get it. Like if Mankey called and said, hey, can you come pick me up in the airport tonight? I would literally like go, okay, I gotta go. And I would head out to the car and drive Grand Rapids and pick up Mankey at the airport. I just would. That we're not giving you any ideas, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> just just putting that out there. So, but yeah, I mean, it is something that I would I would do. I would do the same thing for Devin Hunter or, you know, Matt or a bunch. If you called and said, hey, I'm stuck at the airport in Grand Rapids, <laughs> I need to get to Jackson, I'd go pick you up in Grand Rapids and drive you to Jackson. But some of that is just... Just who I am as a person. I don't know that everybody's that way. I won't be driving anyone to the airport. Well, you don't have a driver's license. That would be why. (laughs) Also, I'm naturally unhelpful. (laughs) There is that. And it would require leaving the house. Uh And Ode only leaves the house... When Ode is Ode. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. And even then, not every time. I can definitely see where that would be. It could be an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it always is. No, not always. But but I think you have to to brace yourself for that so that it isn't an issue. There's just also another layer of imbalance there Mm -hmm. in in the other direction even, at least through the podcast, where we talk a lot, so listeners hear a lot about us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a a lot of work to get that equivalent amount of information from, from a listener. From yeah. a listener. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the amount of conversations I would have to have with a listener to sort of equal out the disparity of the information mm-hmm. I know about them versus the information they know about me is enormous and it gets bigger every time we do a fucking episode. That's true. I was just That's talking true. to uh, Jim and Kelly from Tree Wizard mm-hmm. and Kelly said, you know, when I first met you, I realized I already knew so much about you mm-hmm. because I had been listening for a year before we actually got to meet you in person and, and then we I realized to know them and I realized how awkward is it for you that like I know your mom's name mm-hmm. I know your all of your real names I know mm-hmm. where you were born I know and you know nothing about I know me. I know your spiritual journey right yeah I know mm-hmm. I, I know your deepest thoughts on x y and z topics yeah. you know like yeah. The amount of inf- just the amount of information they have about us, there's just a disparity there that's very yeah. very hard to bridge. Yeah, I never yep. really, I'd never really thought about that, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, they know so much more about us because we're very open on the podcast, right. mm-hmm. just because um, of the nature of the thing. Right. When we actually meet somebody in person, it's like they feel they, so feel, this is they a, feel like they're our friends. This is yeah. this is a Which, paraso- this is a parasocial relationship thing. A parasocial relationship is when, you see this a lot with celebrities, you feel like you know someone that you've never met. And a lot of our listeners have parasocial relationships with us, which I don't think necessarily means we can't develop real relationships, Mm -hmm. but a parasocial relationship is not a friendship. Right. It's a different thing. I think that a lot of people experience that just through social media. I mean, that you, a lot of people put a lot of shit on their social media accounts and you get to the point where you think, oh, I know this person very intimately because of what they share, but they're only sharing what they want the a world selection. to see, a selection of what the world, of what they want <laughs> the world to see. Like if you're friends with me, you see the podcast and the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> and that pretty much that's it. When you have an opportunity to meet someone in real life, you don't know as much about that person as you actually think you do. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it's a similar situation. Mm-hmm. But that feeling of 
that parasocial relationship, that feeling of knowing you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people do think they're your friend. So when you do right. say, come pick me up from the airport, oh, well, of course, mm-hmm. because right. we're friends. Right. Friends, yeah. Because I know you, right. because we have this deep bond. Mm-hmm. And if you're not aware of that, obviously you all are, which is wonderful, but if you're not aware of it, how easy is it to take advantage of that by accident, by mm-hmm. not intending to? Right. By throwing something up on the three-pack Facebook page, hey, someone, we're stuck at the airport. Mm-hmm. This really sucks. Oh, which airport? Say, 10 people who, are, who listen to your podcast will be coming out and will pick you up, will help you out, which is useful at the time, but also not 100% ethical there. <laughs> so QQ and Finn, you're not stalkerish. Nobody's stalkerish. This isn't an issue <laughs> for you guys. You're fine. This is an issue for us. You're fine. Not an issue for you. I'm going to say it again. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets freaked out or worried. You're fine. Not saying there's a thing wrong with parasocial relationships. I'm it just saying that's they're different. a thing. It's just a right, thing. Yeah. And, but it is a thing that I think is much wider now because we have so many podcasts. We have YouTube mm-hmm. celebrities. We have just social media in general. Just develop these relationships that feel very, very close with people you don't actually know yeah. as well as you think you do. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, so let's bring that back around to hats <laughs> how do how do you bridge that gap i guess open honest communication well there's that you know, you're going to steal my words i'll go hunt <laughs> <laughs> no, but but i think it does all tie together because it is about being open it's about being aware of the hat that you're wearing mm-hmm. being aware that the relationship you have is with the hat and the person i am when i'm wearing the hat mm-hmm. not who i am when i'm not here when i'm not wearing this hat when i'm not doing when these things you have to be aware of that i think on one hand, the people who are forming those relationships need to do that self-work to be aware of it. But I think the, the larger onus, the larger responsibility is on the people who wear the hats. Mm-hmm. Whether they realize it or not, you say social media has certainly contributed to it. But this has been a thing for a very long time. I, you know, I go to every class by Bob Bobson. Yeah, I worked in IT. Names are not my thing. <laughs> No, I've gone to every class Bob Bobson has taught at Convocation and Pagan Pride and Pagan Fest and... Those classes have moved me deeply and informed my spiritual practice, and I follow his blog. And now I feel like I feel like this person's my teacher. So whenever they say something, I'm gonna I'm gonna internalize that a lot more than I will with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Bob Bobson says, "Support my new Patreon." Well, of course I'm going to. I've been to all your classes. That's wonderful. Is it fair? Is it ethical? Am I? Is Bob Bobson presenting himself honestly? Is he taking advantage of somebody who, or taking advantage of the parasocial relationships of the connection? that he has made with that hat. What What is that Patreon for? What's it doing? Right. Is it supporting the work of Bob Bobson, the hat wearer? Is it going towards putting food on the table? Are they the same thing? Does it matter? These are the things that Bob wearing the hat and not wearing the hat needs to be super conscious of. Mm-hmm. Right. It happens in groups where you get larger groups that people people go to the full moon rituals, they go to whatever, and whoever's running that ritual or sometimes whoever's running the group, even if they're not the expert on the spiritual matters, they'd handle the administrative stuff. So all of a sudden they're in this position of authority. Right. You have an administrator who's saying, oh, this is my relationship with, with Odin. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that must be, you know, you run these three events. You must be very clearly deeply spiritual. Project managing something isn't the same as mm-hmm. devout work with, a, with Odin, for example. Was there anything else you wanted to cover? I'm looking at your notes that were sent to me. 
I think I've strayed so far from the notes that I can... <laughs> but one of the things I see is ways to incorporate hats into the community on a personal basis. Yeah, honestly, I think we, we hit it a few times. Yeah. Open and honest in communication. Intention. If not just on your own part, on other people's part. When you go to a class, ask the teacher, do you know about hats? What hat are you wearing? Where Where is your area of expertise? In the community, we often see people teaching classes. Who vetted those teachers? What hat do they have? Why do they... Why can you speak? Are you speaking from your personal experience? And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with UPG. There's nothing wrong with personal experience. Yep. But it should be clear that's what you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is a that big, is very true. A big and it's thing a, with us. It's a reason why Ode hates a lot of books. Yep. Because <laughs> it's all UPG and nobody says this is UPG. I'm they fine just with go, UPG. I just want this is what to the know. Law is. Just yeah. give yeah. me your sources, please. Yeah. What's what are your sources? What are the translations? How far back did you go on the translations? Yeah. I, I'm very big on that personally, just because I also started out Christian. Left the church after reading the Bible in Hebrew. It, it's very different. Yes. I can imagine. <laughs> you know, it's, but it's the same thing. Are you teaching with UPG? Are you teaching based on, I didn't do it here because I don't know why I didn't, but whenever I start a class, I'm very clear about this is my lineage. This is my tradition. This is where I come from. This is why I can speak on this particular topic. Right. If it's UPG, I'm clear on that as well. It's, that's a way to incorporate this in the community. When you're teaching, this is who I am. This is why I can teach this topic. This is where my information is coming from. If you're not getting that from the teacher, ask. Anybody who should be teaching isn't going to go, oh my God, how dare you question me? Get out. Right. They're going to be happy to say, oh, well, you know, I've been working with Freya for X number of years and I started studying this and then I moved on to this. This part has been my personal experience and this part is based on the law and here's the parts in the half mile which talk about X, Y, or Z. If they can't, why are they teaching? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. If that's everything you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think that's all I have. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Well, I think it's been a really yeah, good a and good interesting discussion. discussion. Gave me a lot of things to think about, that's for sure. Freaked out our, our Discord yep, people yep, here. Yeah. Our oh, listeners, our listeners are like, was, oh my God. I think that was more me. <laughs> Apologies, because I'm sure we talked over you 4,000 times. Because oh, oh, oh. that's, that's the nature of the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Well, we do. But we do want to thank you for being mm-hmm. here and just bringing this topic to our attention and to our listeners and uh, it's all good. Yep. And I think if you are interested in learning more about Amabaran, you can look at episode it's our community Amabaran. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Michigan Pagan Fest no. last no, convocation last year. Yeah. Convocation, man. Yeah. Back <laughs> so, when we were doing it in the hotel room. Yeah, right. in the hotel room. So if you're interested if you'd, if you'd like in learning more about background. his background and lineage, you can get all of that there. So that episode already exists. Mm-hmm. Feel and free to go back and find it. link the two or something. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll link it. All right, Groovy. All righty. Anything else? Just tell people where they can find us. Tell them uh, if you want to look us up, go to Google, type in the number three pagans and a cat dot com or just three pagans and a cat and all of our shit will show up there. How's that? Oh, yeah. that's short, awful. sweet, to the I point. Know. We got a lots of social medias and stuff. Yeah, you can find us everywhere. And how can people find you, Amar yes. I have a Facebook page, Amar Baran, Elder of the Path of Light. You can also go to our Coven page, www.renewalcoven.org, or look up Anchor and Fox Consulting. They can always get hold of me. They schedule my calendar because I can't be trusted with it. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yep. enough. All right. All right. Okay. You have the remote, so yes. you have to hit oh, stop. That's a mouse. Okay. Well, well yeah. whatever. A mouse is... We had this discussion last did, week. did, yes. All right. A but mouse I'm not is convinced. A, just a remote we, for a not computer. Con- I'm not convinced. Are we, are we yes. Okay. Press yeah. the button. Press it. Just, no, you yeah, know what one. fucking button to... You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com. <laughs>